breaking news and trending talk with Mike and McCarty. Mornings on 1017 FM and 710 Kiel. One hundred one seven FM, seven ten Keel, Mike and McCarty, and on the Jack Spring Electric Newsmaker Hotline this morning, Caddo Parish Administrator Erica Bryant joining us. Erica, good morning. Good morning. Thank you for your time this morning. Talking about this uh, millage proposition that uh, it's a fifteen-year millage. So there are some things on there that are having you know people asking questions. What are the priorities that uh, that this millage is going to pay for? The priority is criminal justice. Um, uh, the parish has recognized and the citizens have communicated to us that um, there is a need for enhanced public safety for citizens to feel safe in our community. And so the uh, parish uh, primary goal is to support um, costs that um, help our citizens feel safe. Uh, the millage can be used for anything that's related, including detention space, probation staff, um, assist us to help reduce crime in our community. The, one of the major issues is new, we need we need more beds for juveniles. Uh, why is litter abatement on this? Well, this uh, millage can be used, but it also, um, you know, the, the, when we talk about crime in our community, uh, we have to look at the, the the whole picture, not just locking up the, the the persons who commit the crimes. We would we don't want the crimes to be committed in the first place. We don't want uh, that parent uh, that may lose a child. We can arrest that that person who contributed that that act. But what about it not happening in the first place? So this millage covers each end of the spectrum. So yes. Beds are something that is uh, considered under this and can be, when you look at the language, it, it allows for those those beds, but it also allows for um, for uh, other programs that contribute to criminal activity. Eric, so Erica, the, the Juvenile Justice Committee has been working, studying the needs in the community for a long time, yes. and more space at the juvenile lockup was considered to be a priority, and they have recommended the building of two pods. Um, at the juvenile justice complex, and you just used the word can be spent. Uh, there are voters who are saying, I'm not going to vote for this unless I know it will be spent. How do you, how do you address that? I address that by the parish will use these funds for anything that helps our community feel safe. And if that's beds, then it, it would be beds. We would analyze working with the law enforcement community, working with our citizens, communicating with them to determine what's the best way to use these funds that, that the citizens feel are necessary. But we also have to remember, yes, there was a recommendation for two pods and the, and the parish is considering this uh, seriously. However, it will take us a minute to build two pods. It will, you know, you have to bid it out, you have to build it. So what do we do in the meantime? So there's still a need. But we, when those juveniles are placed somewhere else or uh, other place somewhere else, we have to cover those costs. We have to cover the cost today. And so we need this millage to be able to cover that temporary housing also. And so that's why the language has to be in such a way so that we can cover the needs today as well as into the future. The sheriff has been very critical 
of this millage proposal and even going so far as to say he was not in the loop. And you disagree with that, correct? Well, you know, I respect the the sheriff and I respect his opinion. Um, We have been communicating this for quite a while. We have been talking about the need for additional funding in our juvenile justice system and our criminal justice system for a while. The parish, as you just stated, established an advisory committee to to make recommendations. Um, I think that that advisory committee was well known to the community. We also have the joint advisory community on community safety, which the sheriff is a part of. This was communicated in there. Uh, The sheriff has attended committee meetings related to this, and the parish has been and talked about the fact that uh, we needed additional funds. The sheriff did communicate that uh, he was interested in additional beds. We've communicated that that is that is a focus um, in this in this you know additional funding. And so um, I respect his opinion. But one thing I did hear from the sheriff, and he said he needed beds. Without this millage, there will be no additional beds. So that's the one thing I do need to get across to the citizens. Yes, okay, I hear you, and I respect the fact that that the language may um, be confusing to some, but what is not confusing is that beds can be um, uh, established through this millage, but without this millage, there won't be additional beds. So if there's a true need for that, then this millage should be supported. Will there be new beds with this millage? Can you guarantee that or no? As you know that the Cattle Parish Commission has to adopt the budget and we have to present the budget. The, the administration has to make the recommendations and the commission has to adopt the budget. So when we make our recommendations right now, it would be to cover the cost for those needs that are immediate. And one of those is when um, we have to place juveniles somewhere else, we have to cover those costs. We also have to... Um, you know, cover costs. We want additional probation officers. We want additional detention services. Um, so we would be making those recommendations. Now, mind you, this, this millage would not go into effect until 2024. So we would have to work with um, um, the commission, law enforcement, the citizens uh, to make those recommendations in 2024. The committee also approved one of their recommendations was for mental health. And that is a part of this as well. I I didn't see anywhere in their proposal that they m- mentioned blight abatement or litter abatement. That is that just that we could use it for that? Do you hear any talk from the commissioners that they're planning to use it for that? No, that is just a, a, a that we could use it. Um, we have to. The, that language is meant to clarify that issues which contribute to criminal activity, such as dilapidated neighborhoods, such as mental health programs, lack of employment, can be addressed by the millage. We wanted the flexibility because at the at the end of the day, we want to promote public safety and we want our citizens to feel safe. So we wanted to have language that was flexible enough that we can address any need. Um, as you may know, when 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 there are citizens who who could challenge you on your millage language if you t- decided to do something, and then you know you end up in court. So we wanted to make sure we had a flexible enough language so that when we have those recommendations. Now, I'm not the. I, I wouldn't be making these uh, recommendations by myself. I would be communicating with others to get what do we need, what does the community need to really address this problem. Um, I believe that the parish has been good stewards of the taxpayer dollars and that we will be good stewards in the future and we would want to support um, what the citizens um, would like us to support. So going into the booth coming up on the, the 14th, we don't know if this is going to provide new beds for juveniles. You, I, I don't get a commitment from that. 
what 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 I what we do know is that you will now get beds without that. The beds are on the table, but without this funding, beds are off the table. So yeah. if beds are important and mm-hmm. citizens are communicating that beds are important, then the commission would ha- would would ad- address that need. But without this millage, we can't address that need. Will you be putting a a proposal before the commission? to add beds or would that come from a commissioner how would that work that is something that we would um work with our our, our law enforcement our um, citizens um the commission um <clears throat> our juvenile uh, judges um our other uh, members of the criminal justice system to determine um is that the uh what we need and like i say that would be something that that adding additional beds through pods is something that would take uh, at least a you know, two to three years with the process. But what mm-hmm. right now, what we would do immediately if there's a need. Um, I've heard that law enforcement has said that they've had to sit in the cars and wait for space to open up. Mm-hmm. In this case, if that's the case, then we can go house those somewhere else immediately. We can start looking for other places. But right now, we don't have that funding. We can't send a child somewhere else, and we can't pay for it. So there's an immediate need right mm-hmm. now that we would have to address. The long-term need is whether or not we we put long-term beds, and if that's what we need, then that's what the commission would consider doing. But we would address that immediate need so that those officers are not having to sit in that parking lot so that the judges know that they can place them somewhere. That's what we would do immediately. All right. Erica Bryant, County Parish Commissioner, thank you for your time this morning. We appreciate you. Thank you. I really appreciate you all inviting us on to talk about the millage. We really do think it's important for our citizens, important for our community. Um, public safety is one of our primary objectives, mm-hmm. and we just want to make sure our citizens feel safe. Thank you so much for your time. No problem. Mm-hmm. Thank you. 101.7 FM 7. Back to the big stories of the day with Mike and McCarty on 101.7 FM and 710 Kiel. Aaron, they're calling this a crime prevention millage. Mm-hmm. I'm honestly, I see very little to do with crime prevention. Yeah, I, I don't want to be over overly critical, but this is kind of like calling the Green New Deal the Inflation Reduction Act. Right, right. Uh, uh, now, now they they use broad language like uh, justice system and juvenile justice system but there are no specifics right in this and and mental health um treatment okay Mm -hmm. i I can i can kind of tie that in uh you know obviously you know uh homeless a lot of homeless issues are mental health issues Mm -hmm. i I understand that but then then you're going to throw in litter abatement yep uh, there's just too much broad language and there's not enough specifics. And we couldn't get a commitment out of Miss Bryant, uh, for, you know, to, to add new beds. To, to beds for juvenile offenders. Here's my promise. Okay. I'm, you can mark this down. I promise to vote for this millage if, here's what I did overnight. I sent an email out to all 12 Caddo Parish commissioners. All 12 of them. And my email simply said, um, I'll read it to you. If the millage passes, 
Will you support a measure to add beds at the juvenile justice complex? Will you put a measure on the parish agenda to add more beds? All 12 of them have gotten this email from me overnight. If so that's a yes or no question. Yes or no to both of them. Right. Yes or no. I don't need you to explain anything to me. <laughs> yes or no. Right. If your answer is, if seven of them answer yes to those questions, I promise sitting here today, I will vote yes. If I get six or more that either don't answer me. Because you said a, a, a non-answer is a no. A non-answer is a no, is a not commitment. Now, you're not committing to new beds, so you're to me, you're a no. So if you don't answer my email or you answer no, and if six or more do that, I'm a no. And I will rail all next week, no. So they have all this week to answer my email. So if you know a Caddo commissioner, tell them to look in their Caddo commission email because I want to hear from all 12 of them, are you committing to new beds or not? Because I want it on the record. I want it in my email so I can wave it in front of them when it's time to put new beds. And if you're a no or you don't answer me, I'm going to consider you a no. And if there are six or more no's, I am a no vote a week from Saturday. And I will play, I'll ask everybody else to be a no vote too. That's where I am. I want new beds. Judge Paul Young has been pleading for new beds for more than five years, six years, seven years. He's been preaching to, I, I can't tell you how many times. And the committee recommended new beds. They worked on it for a year. And now you're saying maybe you'll get new beds. That's like me going up to Burger King <laughs> and ordering a Whopper. At the first window. At the first window. Yep. And then they say, you pay here. And I pay there and they say, well, we're not sure if you're going to get a Whopper or not. I don't know. You, you may get me, a small cheeseburger. Yeah, give me your five bucks. And then pull up to the second window. I'm not sure what you're going to get. And then when I get to the second window, I get a fish sandwich. Well, I don't like fish sandwiches. I don't want a fish sandwich. I want my Whopper. That I paid for. That I paid for. I don't want to give you the money ahead of time and then and pull told up you to the, what I wanted. Yeah, and pull up to the second window and then I get litter abatement. Yeah. I don't get a whopper. Where's my special sauce? I don't get it. That's how I feel. So I'm waiting for those emails to come back. I mean, I sent it at two o'clock this morning, and I, you know, why haven't they? You don't me? have a reply? Yeah, from what's all wrong twelve. With them? What's wrong uh, with them? Slack, slack, slackers. <laughs> I know. <laughs> what a one set. Back with more of Mike and McCarty on 1017 FM and 710 Keel. So I'm driving in this morning and I was disappointed. Me too. Because I think of you mm -hmm. buying those tickets. Yeah. And that number keeps going up. I know. Looking at the sign on the fairgrounds. Yeah. Powerball, 1.2 billion okay let me ask you this has this ever crossed your mind they're not having a winner on purpose oh yeah oh yeah so they can keep they're, they're getting money because people are going to take the lump sum that just means that, uh, you know half a billion for the lottery mm -hmm. yeah and they're earning all this interest while that money is sitting there absolutely and it's piling up um, and they're doing way more drawings now. They used to not have a Monday drawing. So now that now it's 
Saturday, Wednesday, and Monday. So, you know, now for tomorrow night, it's $1.2 billion. And that's a lump sum of $551 million. I don't know if that's even possible that they, they could rig it like that. Yeah. I'm not saying they're rigging no, it. No, they're not rigging. We Why not? not? They're waiting for me to win it. That's what they're waiting on. And Ruben and I want you to win it desperately. Yes, I know you do. I know you do. <laughs> Uh, gubernatorial candidate Stephen Wagesback is going to join us coming up after the local news at 7. Wait till you hear the latest legal skirmishes involving oh. Gary Brooks. We're going to talk about that next. City Council never disappoints. Uh-uh. The clown show continues. Mm-hmm. Let's get back to the show with Mike and McCarty on 1017 FM and 710 Keel. Yeah, the Shreveport City Council <laughs> never, never disappoints. James Green right now is going, thank you. <laughs> Hold thank my beer, you. yeah. yeah. He might not drink. <laughs> I don't thank know. Thank you. Oh. Yeah, um, Gary Brooks, I, t- <laughs> I uh, we were sitting on the porch last night, my wife and I, having little little uh, jazz in the background. You know, enjoying the the nice, relatively speaking, weather. Mm-hmm. I did have fifteen uh, citronella things burning, which <laughs> yes. I, I couldn't breathe all the yes. smoke around me, but I kept the mosquitoes off. Oh. And I said, "Yeah, Councilman Gary Brooks hired Allison Jones mm-hmm. as his attorney." And she looked at me. And she goes, "He's going to win." <laughs> Well, I talked to Allison about this case when it was first bubbling up, and she she's the first to use the word defamation. Um, she used that word in, in talking about the case. You know, I asked if there was a possible sexual harassment suit that uh, Miss Fleming's had, and um, so I think Gary and she had already talked prior to that. I'm not sure. But she's issued a statement yeah, to the she- media that's pretty strong. Uh, they, look, can I can I read a little of this paragraph bet, real please. quickly? Yeah, Miss Jones, who has been retained to represent Mister Brooks, stated he did not waive his legal rights just because he holds public office. Let me hold on. Let me get down there. Um, oh, where? Oh, here it is. I have supervised a forensic review of the councilman's texts and other electronic communications by a forensic expert. And after my consideration thereof, I am convinced that the allegations against Councilman Brooks are knowingly false, made with reckless disregard for the truth, blah, blah, blah. She goes on to say that it wasn't Gary that asked for stakes. It was Miss Fleming's. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. And she's got the texts. Uh, she's she's asking for a cease and desist order for all of those folks that have been talking about Mr. Brooks. It's not just yeah. Miss Fleming's. There are other people that have been putting uh, comments online and going before the council and, and saying his name. Um, she's threatening a pretty big lawsuit here. And uh, she's having a meeting with the media. Uh, with Mr. Brooks, I think on Thursday, and gonna let him sit there and answer as many questions as you want, I would assume. Maybe not. Maybe she'll do much of the talking, but, 
Um, she's she's talking about a defamation and slander lawsuit. This, this is just now getting interesting, isn't it? Yeah, boy, we <laughs> thought this one was over. I and here here's the thing: if he has to sue Miss Flemings, do we end up paying Allison's bill because he's a councilman? And he's acting as a councilman. John Grisham couldn't write anything more entertaining. Oh, man. This is fun. <laughs> this is fun. Hold my beer. <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, Stephen Wagesback, gubernatorial candidate, joining us after the news, top of the hour. 1017 FM. Now more breaking news and trending talk with Mike and McCarty on 1017 FM and 710 Keel. So you've got emails out to all 12 Caddo Parish commissioners. Yes, I do. I've gotten two responses so far. Two responses. Two responses. Well, so I'm kind of proud of them. Somebody's up and at them. They're up and going. My mom used to tell me, up and at them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When I was getting ready for school. My question and to... I, and I never knew who Adam was. <laughs> we don't know who Adam is. I... I, I... <laughs> Surely, I, that, that never made sense to me. At some god-awful hour this morning, I sent this message. Then I got up and caught the short bus. To Sorry. all 12 Caddo commissioners, if the millage passes, will you support a measure to add beds at the juvenile justice complex? Right. Number two, will you put a measure on the parish agenda to add more beds? I have gotten replies now from Grace Ann Blake, who says she's a strong yes to both of those and uh, mario chavez who says he's a strong yes now the problem with mario is he goes off the commission in january somebody will be replacing him he's not running for re-election so i'm gonna now i'm realizing i probably need to reach out to the possible candidates for commission and find out how they feel so that you'll know next week when i do my tally up of this who's for adding beds and who is not and if i have seven votes for adding beds seven firm yeses i'll vote for the millage if i don't then i'm going to be a no and i'm going to say i i ordered a whopper at window one you gave me a fish sandwich at window two I don't want to spend my money on the fish sandwich right that's not what i want that's not what the committee wanted committee worked a year on this that's not what the juvenile court judges asked you for it's not what um, the sheriff is asking for exactly and so i don't want a fish sandwich i now, want I, a whopper i know this is not this doesn't have anything to do with who's classified as juvenile i understand mm -hmm. that's on a state level but we've got to get 17 year olds out of the juvenile system mm-hmm Yes. They, they should not be classified as juveniles right. in, in the criminal system. Got another answer just now from Ed Lazarus? Yes, I would, respectfully, Ed Lazarus. So we've got three yeses. I need four more. Four more yeses, and I'm voting yes a week from Saturday. Right now I've got three. I need four more. And if you don't answer, if the commissioners don't answer me, I'm going to assume you're a no. Because you don't want to step out on a limb and say, yep, I'm for it. So do you want more beds? Will you put a measure on the parish agenda to adopt more beds? 
Now Chavez said that they they proposed the there's an unused ba- basketball. I th- I think they've been talking about that for a long time. So we, we, yeah, we they've talked about several options for a long time, but I don't know whether or not they're going to move in that direction. All I know is I want more beds. We've been told by our leaders that we need more juvenile beds. Right. Um, I want the other stuff too. Don't act. I'm, don't act like I. You know. I mean, I'll eat a fish sandwich, <laughs> but I want the Whopper first. I want the Whopper that first. Fish, that fish sandwich has litter abatement on it. And yes, exactly. <laughs> I want to eat litter abatement on my fish. I'm on, on my Whopper. I'm sorry. I'm going off on this. So, oh Uh-oh. Lord. Uh, yeah. What? Well, uh, uh, yeah. Now, Stephen Wag is back. We're going to ask him about all this. <laughs> Probably not. If you are elected governor. <laughs> we need more bed space. Yeah. Oh. He will talk to us coming up after the news top of the hour. 101.7 FM, 710. Keep starting the brakes before I'm ready. <laughs> oh, Ruben. 1017 FM, 710 Keel, Mike and McCarty. In studio with the gubernatorial candidate Stephen Wagesback joining us on your, you're doing a bus tour? You, you need to be on the back of a train on the caboose waving with the banners. <laughs> the, the modern version the of that is we have this <laughs> RV with my obnoxious big head on the side and we're rolling down the road just kind of like. Waving and smiling. If you've been in a truck accident, call Stephen (laughs) Wags. Exactly. (laughs) 1-800-ELECT-WAGS. That's it. (laughs) Wags, let's hone in on some things that that you're promising to do. I I think you have momentum. I may be wrong. Um, I hope you're right. I'm I'm feeling it from people I talk to. Early voting is going on now. People, though, are a little bit unfamiliar with you still. I hate to say that. No, it's true. And they want to know... Are there some things, some steps you will take immediately upon getting up on the fourth floor? Yeah. And what would those be? That's the question. Yeah. What would so, you do? First of all, I want to recognize what I think you said. We're feeling that momentum, too. Mm-hmm. There is – and it's hard to put your finger on it because, you know, you know, polling's a little all over the place. And but and there's a low energy some, uh, with some pockets of the voters out there. So we're trying to wake folks up and get them excited. But as we go around the state, we get a great response. And so there's something happening here. There is a movement afoot. Um, on what I would do first, first take, look, first of all, when I get in there, there's one thing. One thing you have to – I want an outside audit of every agency we have in government. I want a fresh set of eyes to tell me where we're spending money well where we're spending money poorly, where we can have efficiencies, not just so I can save some money. I'm, look, I'm a, I'm a fiscal conservative. I want to save some money. There's no doubt about that. Two, I want to use some of those savings to reinvest in programs that actually work. And then three, I want to use some of those savings to return to the taxpayers. So that's why that is. The other piece is I would say there are multiple agencies in Baton Rouge that are on code red status. They've lost a lot of people. They haven't been managed very effectively the last couple of years. We have a quick cleanup to do. So if I got to find the right person to come in and be a cleanup agent in those agencies, I first need to know kind of what kind of mess am I inheriting first. So that's a mm-hmm. big piece there. The second thing is the insurance crisis. I think it's becoming unaffordable to live in Louisiana in many pockets. That you know, Inflation is driving the whole country crazy. In Louisiana, we have the added hit 
of insurance. And so, yes, I want to come in. And, yes, most candidates said they're working with Tim Temple. Well, I know Tim pretty well, and we've talked a lot over the years. Yes, I'm going to come in. I'm going to put deregulate some of these industry. And, yes, I'm going to come in. I'm going to fortify communities and attract new insurers. I'll do all that stuff. The thing that separates me and the other candidates is, you know, I've, I've always talked about tort reform and legal reform being a big piece here. And, you know, the big joke has been, oh, didn't we try that a couple of years ago? It didn't work. What well, the, the lesson on that is we need to go further, and we need to be more aggressive on that. And when I say aggressive, I don't mean mean-spirited and punitive. I mean serious about it. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to bring the trial lawyers and the insurers into the mansion. I'm going to say, guys, I've got a crisis on my hands, and everyone's guilty. And so we're going to put together an aggressive plan that's going to hold insurers accounting accountable. It's going to bring back some of the excess profits on the legal lawsuits, and I'm going to roll forward a package. And what's going to happen? I'm going to tell you right now, my crystal ball, when I roll that out, the trial bar is going to put a lot of money in a pack, and they're going to destroy me. Mm-hmm. And you know what I say? I, I'm not. It's not personal to me. I just got in crisis, and I've made a commitment to the people of this state. I'm going to do whatever it takes to fix it. And if throwing my reputation on the line is what it takes, I'm going to do it because mm-hmm. I can no longer sit by and watch families leave. They don't want to leave, but they can't afford to stay here. I think that is that is a disgrace. So that's going to be my big piece. At audit. Mm-hmm. insurance crisis, tackle it head on. And then at that point, you'll be rolling into your regular budget. Now, look, I'll have a package of education reform bills as well. I'm a big parent choice guy. I believe parents deserve to be in charge, and so I'm going to find ways to put them in charge in a way that they feel good about. That'll come in that regular session, but that first six-month rhythm is audit, hire the right people to clean things up, attack the insurance crisis head on, and prepare for a regular session that's going to be, I think, focused on workforce development mm-hmm. education reform. Now, Aaron Aaron brings up a point. You, you know, you could be considered a political outsider mm-hmm. i mean you, you're not in the you know didn't grow up in the political system mm-hmm. we see on the national level how they treat political outsiders beholden to no one yeah so tell tell the people who may not be familiar a little bit about Stephen Wagespach. yeah I, I, we know you're former president from lobby sure. and you live in baton rouge but tell us a little bit about yeah, i appreciate the opportunity to do that look a quick quick summary on me i grew up in south louisiana in gonzalez louisiana we moved as a kid in the 80s you know 80s were a terrible time in louisiana economy crashed my dad was one of those guys who got caught in the wash he lost his job for a year it was pretty 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 tough looking for something he finally found a job in st louis missouri so i went to high school in st louis i'm a cardinals fan even though we had a terrible year um we went to st louis for a year i mean for for my high school years not because we wanted to we were chased out of the state like a lot of families over the years have been i I tell you that because that's a big piece of my background why it's always driven me crazy we lose families but i came back i went to lsu i spent after lsu my wife and i we went to dc and uh, we spent about 10 years on capitol hill working on the hill went to law school at night uh that was 9 11 that those were pretty you know powerful times when it comes to patriotism and i learned a lot about public policy and like how to you know make ideas work back then i was recruited home to work in the first term of governor Jindal, and so in the first term i, I worked in this post katrina rita era and you know i was a big education reform policy guy and so i was big on like put empowering parents way back before it was cool back then the early education uh, system we have today the first elements were passed during that time when i was there so we dealt with some tough times and, and had a good run in that first term people forget in that first term he was reelected. He won every single parish in the primary. He won with 64% of the vote. It was a domination at the end of that first term. Well, I stepped down shortly into the second term. And, you know, everyone knows the second so term. So wasn't you that rated the budget? The, the second term got a little weird, okay? Okay. But I wasn't there. I'm not trying to throw stones right. on anyone who was there. They can they can do that themselves. But, like, I wasn't there. My opponents know that. But the biggest attack on me is they, they try to pretend that I was there for the whole eight. You're, I wasn't. You're part of the gender. Yeah, I mean, right. look, that's right. fine. We all have our histories we want to defend. I'll, I'll take that as a Pepsi challenge compared to them anytime they want. But, like... 
I wasn't there for most of the second term. They know that. They lie. Then after that, I went and I spent the last 10 years representing Louisiana Association of Business and Industries, the State Chamber of Commerce. So I've spent the last 10 years talking to employers, big and small, asking them, how can I get you to create more jobs? How can I get you to hire more workers? Hallelujah. What's the biggest problem holding you back? I've learned a lot of the last decade. So I'm in this race because I know just enough of the inside on how to fix it, but I'm not a creature of the inside. I've never run for office before. I'm a first-time candidate for office. That's why when I talk, I just talk like a real person. And, like, that means sometimes I step in it, you know, mm-hmm. because I'm not polished and I'm not scripted. But if people elect me, what they're going to get is someone who understands the policies. They know how to move government, but they're not a creature of government. And I've been listening to the outside world for a long time. I know how to create jobs and build a workforce in this state. And I think our biggest need is creating an economy that keeps our young people here Absolutely. and then wrapping around that a quality of life that makes them want to stay here for the long haul. And I think we have to whittle down that income tax and make our tax code more competitive, not just to attract jobs, but grandparents want to leave because they don't want to pay income tax when they retire. Stephen, so can you stay with us? I'd be honored to. You, the, the gentleman that took your place at lobby says it's time for a gas tax <laughs> increase. You say no. I want to talk about that when Let's we get do back. It. Let's do it. Stephen Waggers back in studio with Mike and McCarty. Back with more of Mike and McCarty on 1017 FM and 710 Keel. So all the debates are 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 finished, right? No more debates scheduled. Yes, I know. Pay attention. Pay I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We're on air, aren't we? My bad. Squirrel. Still thinking about that fish sandwich. Yeah. <laughs> I, I told Aaron. I said I like fish sandwiches. No. Well, I no. said this when I came in. It depends on when it comes out the fryer. I mean, if it's yeah. been under that little heat lamp for a while, you don't want any piece of that. Nothing. You know? Nothing's good. All right. All right. Chris, okay, reel them in. All right, big uh, so your the, your the, interim the, director of lobby. <laughs> <laughs> Your interim director of, of lobby yeah. came out and said uh, it's time to increase the gas tax to, to take care of our backlog of infrastructure. You've been doing one thing I know for the past six months. You've been driving our roads. I have. You know how awful they are. They're not good. They're bad. They're bad. We and have we've to got fix a, them. We've got a candidate running on accomplishments. Yes. Well, you, you, That's going to be a tough sell. I'm just going to tell you that. You're not for a gas tax. Let me say this. Increase. First, let me say what Lobby is trying to do, because they started a, prog- a program called LA23 before I left. It's the right thing to do. They brought in outside experts, and, and the goal, they said, is come and tell us where we're deficient, what we need to do, why we're behind, and give us the cold, hard truth of where we stand. And so that's what those outside economic development experts did. And so what they're saying is your roads are – the outside experts come in and say your roads are so terrible, mm-hmm. you got to find a way to fix it. You might need some more money to do it. So that's where Lobby is on that front, where I am as a candidate – is like, look, what I, when I talk to people in this state, yes, they hate the roads, and yes, they understand it takes money to build stuff, but they are dying with inflation. Right now, it is expensive for everything right now. So the thought of raising dollars on someone when they're just trying to struggle to, to stretch their paycheck, it's the wrong time to do it, in my opinion. So look, mm-hmm. down the road, if we got a growing economy, down the road, if everyone's going to electric cars, and down the road, if you got to shift some things, look, we can have that conversation then, but we're going to be stuck in this inflation quagmire for a while right now. So we don't fix our roads? No, you have to be creative and you have to you have to stretch every dollar and you have to look taxpayers in the eye and say we're going to do everything we can to maximize the existing investment. That means the dedication of vehicle registration fees that we passed a couple of years ago that goes into full effect in 25, you're going to have more dollars up there. When that when that Biden recession hits hard in 25 and everyone in Baton Rouge is saying, well, we can't be efficient. We just got to find money everywhere. They're going to try to unwind that dedication and steal it from roads. I will hold a hard line there and say, no, 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 we're keeping that dedication. And that's going to be a couple extra hundred extra million dollars going in the road. So we are continuing to invest a little bit more. Now, look, we have a $14 billion backlog. 
I can't look you in the eye and say we're going to find $14 billion tomorrow mm-hmm. and get it all going. But we are going to continuously protect that dedication, look for ways to do th- public-private partnerships. We will continue to do that. And what I'll also do is I'm going to go in when I mentioned that outside audit earlier we're doing agencies. I'm going to find how we can shrink the footprint of Department of Transportation and Development. It is a behemoth in Baton Rouge. It needs to be shrunk. We need to outsource some of those dollars and those services to the private sector community. So you're going to lay people off? Huh? You're going to lay people off? I'm going to outsource. Because I think the truth is you've got a robust team of engineers and and Mm -hmm. contractors and all throughout the state who can do a lot of great work. Why not put them to work on behalf of the Louisiana taxpayer? And look, some of those workers, whether you're getting a state paycheck or a private paycheck, a paycheck's still a paycheck. Mm-hmm. So in Louisiana, you know, if you look at our flag where the pelican has to poke its own chest to give its own blood to the baby birds, I think other states realize there's other ways to help and support and elevate people out of poverty. A growing economy is a good thing. Private sector jobs are a good thing. In Louisiana, we've convinced ourselves that certain people can only have a state job. I think that's a that's a that's a fast lane to to, to be in a, to loser state. We have to be efficient, have a growing economy. I think there'll be tremendous opportunities for people in the private sector if we can create jobs, outsource government to a lot of private sector opportunities. You'll find opportunities in the private sector that are better than ones you know in the public sector. We've talked about economic growth. We've talked about the the, the job situation. DOTD. We, <laughs> if when when you're elected, what is your first thing you're going to do? What is your top priority, the number one job that you want to take care of as governor? Fix the insurance crisis. Right now, if, you, if you're trying to insure your car or your home or any other property or individual, whether it's a business or, or whatever, that is what's chasing you out of the state right now. Mm-hmm. If you talk to any trucking company, company timber company, uh, oil and gas company or whatever, they're moving all of their fleet to neighboring states. They're headquartering it there because they cannot afford the coverage. If you talk to anyone in their home, if you talk to any developer, and look, this isn't just like people with nice houses. That is such a lie. Imagine if you're a developer trying to build low-income housing for someone. You're trying to create affordable living arrangements for people who are working hard to, to make things work, and you have to scrap that project. Because you get an insurance pill that doubles overnight. And I'm, yeah. I'm hearing from developers saying mm-hmm. that. So the thought that this is just for those that have nice things is a lie. Stephen, let me ask you, switch gears a minute because we up? only have a couple more minutes. Yep. Um, crime is a huge problem for a lot of our communities. It's a big problem here in Shreveport, Bossier. Yeah. What can a governor really do? to impact that and what will you do sure so look, there is a lot of local um requirements that are needed here there's no doubt about it but the governor can do something i absolutely i will so one we need more police officers on the street i have the state police under my jurisdiction as governor we're down about 150 200 troopers there we can do academies we can train them well yes we can pay them we're going to have to find dollars to pay them and we have to create hotspot units where we can go and supplement areas that need the help. We can do that at the state police level. Second, we can use surplus dollars to help with technology at a local level. What I hear from sheriffs and, and, and other local DAs is body cams, license plate readers, street side cams can prove a lot of cases where people are scared to testify because of retribution. So we can use technology to prove a lot of cases in today's society. The third piece is one you were talking about before you got here. There's nowhere to bring juvenile offenders, and the gangs know it. And the gangs are using juvenile offenders to do violent crime because they know that they get caught, they get released. We have to partner with local regions and create these beds. You say beds, you can call it whatever you want. Facilities to bring in juvenile offenders. 
Detain and retrain is what I say. You have to first remove the threat from the streets, and then you got to figure out what's making them do that. Is it they need a GED? Are they on drugs? Do they need another skill? And give them that skill once they're off the streets. Right now, it's a catch and release. So the state can use surplus dollars. Now, locals are going to have to match. So when you talk about a local referendum, Mm -hmm. if you're going to dedicate dollars and match some dollars to create a juvenile beds, as a state, I can come and partner with you. If you go down in Calcasieu in southwest Louisiana, they have a great – it's a facility called the Mark, and they've created this beautiful facility. And when they bring a juvenile offender in there, they do an assessment. And after that tool tells them where it is, you go down one hallway to go to a, to a cell, and you go down one hallway to get your GED, and you go to another hallway to go get work on your drug treatment. And these they're having some success rates there. So the state can partner with locals to develop those facilities. So it's more cops, it's backing the cops, mm-hmm. it's technology, and it's finding a, p- a pathway for youthful offenders. Stephen Wagespack, candidate for governor. Well, good luck to you. Thank you. Drive mm-hmm. that bus safely this We're morning. on our way to a Burger King right now. <laughs> Back with more of Mike and McCarty on 1017 FM and 710 Keel. By the way, tonight's National Night Out. Mm-hmm. I love this night. Yeah, we did. We did one at uh, right at, at our on our block a few years ago, and it, it did exactly what it was supposed to do. We met people we hadn't met before. Mm-hmm. You know, kind of got to know people that we didn't know. Got to know people we already knew better. Yes, we're lucky. First of all, we have good neighbors. Oh, that's awesome. We've it, got yeah. great neighbors like next doors and, and across across the mm-hmm. street. We know everybody in our area, mm-hmm. and that makes a huge difference. Oh, it sure does. It absolutely is great. And there'll be there are dozens and dozens of parties all around town. You know, if you if you're in the vicinity of that, go crash it. Go say hi. Absolutely. You Nobody's going to care. They'll no. give you a hot dog. Absolutely. They go. did us last year. Yeah, we crashed a bunch of parties, <laughs> and um, you know, it, it it's a great time. And this is one way when we ask, what can we do to fight crime? This is one of them. It actually is. It really is. Get to know each other. Find out, you know, hey, and you go to work at six three thirty in the morning. If there's cars in your driveway after that, they're there might be a problem. Mm-hmm. You know, learn a little bit hey, about we're your going neighbors. out of town. Keep an eye on the place. Yes, for and you've got yes. you've got numbers and mm-hmm. yeah, it, it makes a huge difference. Absolutely, and, no uh, doubt about it. And you know what? You don't have to register officially with the city no. to, to have a party and get no. together. You can just get together with your neighbors. Absolutely, uh, fee increases that have been proposed by Mayor Tom Arsenault. Will the council support those ideas? We'll talk about that when we get back. Mike and McCarty, what a Let's get back to the show with Mike and McCarty on 1017 FM and 710 Kiel. Report Mayor Tom Arsenault proposing rate height increases, a couple of them, as a matter of fact. Mm-hmm, yeah, he's presented his budget to the city council. And in some of the things he's proposing, one is a 20% increase in uh, your water and sewer bill next year. He says they need this to pay off the water and sewer debts that have been piling up and we just haven't addressed it. Um, he said it's becoming going to become a crisis and we need to address that now. And also we have the consent decree we're still working on 
to make those improvements to our system. And I, I remember you were there when at the North Shreveport Business Association when I asked him specifically, do you anticipate an increase in our water and sewer bills? Mm-hmm. And he said, yes, we're going to have to talk about that. I mean, he didn't mince words. So now we have it in writing. He's proposing a 20% increase. The other thing that I find interesting is increasing your garbage fee by $3 a month. Now, that fee will bring in about $2.5 million. This will avoid dipping into the general fund because right now the general fund is subsidizing garbage collection. Um, and a lot of it has to do with inflation has hit. Well, and we've got um, new trucks to pay for. Absolutely. And those are cost way more than they used to. Um, the thing about this is... Which are is, needed, by the way. I'm not bet, saying that in a disparaging bet. fashion. But I would, I would like to know um, if... We fully investigated um, privatizing it. Other revenues. And, and to see, it, can we do it a better way? Is there a better way to do it? And I would be, I'd be honest if I told you. I mean, I'd be honest in telling you that if they did, they probably found out, like Bozier. Yeah, it, but it'll cost you way more than $3 more a month. Mm-hmm. You know, you'd have to pay $10 more a month to, to privatize it. So the city is the most efficient way of getting it done. But... Uh, $3 more a month for everybody is, you know, some people are struggling with inflation and having a, a tough time make, making ends meet. And the thing is, we all remember when they took away uh, recycling. Right. That was a $2.50 two, fee yes. that went off your bill. So now you're going to put a $3 fee back on your bill. So I would assume this means recycling's dead. Because you're not going to propose increasing my fee by $3. If you're only going to come back to me a year from now and go, oh, we need, we need another, that, we need another three dollars for right. recycling. So I would assume that that's going to be a dead issue now. Uh, but I may be wrong. I don't know. I just worry for the mayor that proposing these increases about three or four months before you're going to go to the voters for a bond issue is just going to be a little too much for some. Some but, are going to go, but, man, you just keep coming to me with your hand out. When does it stop? But we're go, go back to recycling. Were we recycling, though? Didn't didn't we hear later that they weren't actually taking things to recycling? They were going to a dump? That's part of the problem. Out of state? Yeah, that's part of the problem. So that, we were paying for recycling, but nothing was actually getting recycled, or very little. Very of it. little was getting recycled. Um, and we were separating our trash and, you know, right. having that separate Different collection. Barrels mm-hmm. and, yeah. Um, so do, is this the end for recycling for Shreveport right now? I think you first got to know that stuff's getting recycled. What is the market? You know, if the market is there for glass or aluminum or whatever, then maybe we look at it for just the one. Are, but it, are municipalities making money on recycling? Are there others that are, I mean, obviously others are making it work. I'm Why not can't sure. we make it work? I don't know. I know they recycle in Baton Rouge. There are other communities that do. Are they making money on it or are they just subsidizing it just to be, we're green. We're lovely. We're green. <laughs> I, you know, I don't know. Do you just want to be, you just want to be politically correct and be green and lose money on it? I'm all about political correctness. Yeah, I know. We love all that stuff. So uh, I, I, I just don't know. Woken McCarty. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> 101.7 FM. Now more breaking news and trending talk with Mike and McCarty on 1017 FM and 710 Kiel.
1017 FM, 710 Keel, Mike and McCarty. Don't say I didn't tell you so. Noise ordinance vote comes before the city council next week, Tuesday. There is a meeting Thursday, 4 o'clock. A week from today. Yes. Okay. There is a meeting Thursday, 4 o'clock at the police station. Um, They're inviting all business owners, all stakeholders. If you have an opinion about the noise ordinance and you want to make your voice heard, you should attend because the council could be taking final action on the noise ordinance next week. Do you think the decibel levels are too high or too low? Do you think the hours need to be shifted? Um, And think about it, too, because this noise ordinance is not just for downtown Shreveport. This is citywide. Um, And if you have somebody who likes to mow their lawn at 10 or 11 at night, that could now be against the law. So we all need to know that this impacts everybody in the city and you need to know what's in this noise ordinance. If you've got a dog that is barking constantly next door to you and you can pull that DB meter out and you can find out this dog is breaking the law, then that could be an issue too. I mean, we know it. the problem is downtown, but this is not just a downtown ordinance. We all need to know that. So what exactly are they voting on whether or not to enact the existing ordinance? Oh, no, 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 no. The the existing one is... is no, I mean this this proposal, this new one is right, what I'm saying. Right, They're They're so voting they're, on it. Mm-hmm. So to either leave what we have in place, which apparently is ineffective, it's or not being enforced. Right, right. It's it's too ambiguous, and it wouldn't probably hold up in you court. Know, I go back again. Other cities are doing this. Mm-hmm. Why... We're not reinventing the wheel. And that's probably how we have molded this new one. This new ordinance has probably been molded after uh, some good ones. The old ordinance was probably molded after some bad ones. And we couldn't enforce it. I mean, if you read it, the police department sent it to me and went, we don't know how to enforce this. I mean, it's so crazy. They're going to see a vote for this ordinance as a vote against certain clubs downtown. Mm -hmm. That's how they're, that's how this is going to be perceived. It's going to be racialized and politicized. Mm -hmm. I pray that the council will do, will step up and do the right thing. What is the best for the city? Let's pretend like the one club that everybody's been talking about closes its doors tomorrow and is no longer there what ordinance would be best for the city if your friend's club wasn't even there um let's forget yeah, your about your friend's club city council members y- y- yeah that, i mean that's the thing you cannot adjust an ordinance for one business you just you you just shouldn't do that that's just my two cents 1017 fm 710 710- One hundred one seven FM, seven ten Keel, Mike and McCarty. Now earlier this morning we heard from Cattle Parish Commissioner Administrator, rather uh, Erica Bryant, and uh, we pretty much directly asked her mm-hmm. if we voted for this millage, are we getting new beds for juvenile offenders? Mm-hmm. That's been requested multiple times. Yes, by multiple people. Mm-hmm. 
And we still cannot get a commitment. No, we can't. We, we get, we're, we're told if we don't pass the millage next weekend, we definitely won't get beds. Right. Uh, this does We fund, have to pass this to find out what's in it. Yeah, we, we have to pass it. And then we'll see what the wishes of the commission are with regard to our do you want new beds. Though the Citizens Advisory Committee voted for new beds. Now, I understand I was told yesterday that the Citizens Committee was not unanimous about new beds. And they don't want to increase incarceration. But we've heard from Judge Paul Young, from other judges, from the sheriff, from many in law enforcement who say we need more beds to lock up the juvenile offenders. Because now they have to take 17-year-olds. Right. So that that seems to be a priority, and it is a priority for all those in the trenches. So this morning, early this morning, I sent an email out to all 12 Caddo Parish commissioners. Early this morning is almost a misnomer. What time did you send this out? 2.23. <laughs> all right. Yes, I was up. So uh, I just decided. I don't know how you're here this morning. I'm, I'm, my battery's running dead. So I said, if the millage passes, simple two-part question, will you support a measure to add beds at the juvenile justice complex? Number two, will you put a measure on the parish agenda to add more beds? Yes I, or no? Yes or no. I've asked that of all Caddo commissioners. All 12. Um, I've gotten some responses back from three, I believe, maybe four. Let me double check. Um, three who have told me. Yes, they will vote on that. Mario Chavez, now I don't know if he'll be on the commission when this comes up because he goes off at the end of the year. Uh, Mario Chavez says yes. Grace Ann Blake, who is on the commission now, she's in a race for her seat now as well. But she said yes, she would do that. And I got an email response from Ed Lazarus who said yes, I would respectfully Ed Lazarus. Now, here's my deal with the Caddo Commission, because I've been critical. We know the sheriff's been critical. Um, other people have been critical of this millage because it does not guarantee us beds. If I get responses from at least seven commissioners right. who say yes, they will, then I will swing from the, the, the light posts that we need to pass this millage next week. I will holler all next week. Please go vote yes. They promised me new beds. But if I don't get a commitment from seven, I'm going to again shout loudly to vote no. Because we know we need new beds. And I understand they can't tighten the language in the millage to say pay for new beds. Because once you pay for new beds... You still have the money coming in for 15 years, and you've already paid for the but new beds. But they could include that within their language. They could have included it. They could have included it. This you don't, have, include, to, you don't yes. have to say exclusive. No, you don't. But and, but their language is so broad in this, they say simply criminal justice system. Right. And juvenile justice system mm -hmm. to yep. run and operate. Well, and then they're going to say uh, mental health uh, rehabilitation. Mm -hmm. Okay, yeah, that's needed. Nobody's saying that's not needed. Yes. But it's still broad language. And then you're going to add litter abatement and, 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 and blight abatement. Abatement, yep. Well. <sighs> so under the letter of the law, they could spend it all on litter and blight abatement. They could spend every dime of this on litter and blight abatement and nothing on juvenile justice. And they'd be within the letter of the law. 
They could do that. Do you trust government to do the right thing with the money? And I make and I make the analogy like I pull up at McDonald's and I want a Big Mac meal. Mm-hmm. I pay for my Big Mac meal, my eight bucks or whatever it is. Ten bucks it is now probably. I pay them the ten bucks at the first window. I pull up to the second window and she gives me a Happy Meal. Well, I didn't. With I paid. Slices. Yeah, I paid for a, a Big Mac meal. Well, no, ma'am, you, you know, this is all we, ha- that's all we have for you today. This is you all you may gonna, get a Big Mac yeah, meal. Yeah, you, you might give get us, a Big Mac give meal. Give us your $8. You might get a Big Mac You're going to have to pull up to the next window to see what you're going to get. But if you don't give us your $8, you're not getting a Big Mac meal. You're not going to You're guaranteed get, yeah. not to get one. Yeah, you got to give us your money. And then we'll see what you're going to get at the second window. <laughs> it's a crapshoot what you get at the second window. I don't want a crapshoot with my money. You pays your money, you takes your chances. I don't want a kitty meal. I don't want any apple slices. <laughs> I want a Big Mac and fries. And a big old Coke with that, Which please. is what I'm paying for. I don't like milk. Don't give me that milk. That's what I worry about. So I'm waiting on all the commissioners... To email me back. And if I don't hear back from them, I'm taking it as a no. I won't add new beds. If you don't reply, you're saying no. You're telling me no. You're not committed to new beds. Um, And then I will say that's not what I want this millage for. I want this millage for new beds as the experts have said we need. So I'm going to give them until Monday to reply to my email. I know it went out at 2 o'clock this morning, so give them a little time reply to my and if you want to reply no that's fine and you can tell me your reasons but it really is a yes or no question i would like to hear from all of them i'm afraid i'm probably not i'm probably they're probably going to just ignore me some of them which to me means no you're not voting for beds therefore you might doom this millage for me you will that's how i feel i you know and i i don't trust government to do the right thing and that's the problem that's the problem. Mm-hmm. We have a huge trust issue. Yep. With our, our local government, our state government, and our federal government. Absolutely. There are people that don't believe, you know, in our election system right mm-hmm. now. I know. And I can hear a bunch of them going, McCarty, you need to eat way more apple slices and fewer Big Macs. <laughs> I know that. Hush up. <laughs> Tim Fletcher has sports next. What do we- Back to the big stories of the day with Mike and McCarty on 1017 FM and 710 Kiel. By the way, we got a message on the Shreveport Security Systems <laughs> message board. Maybe if the city set, cuts some of these ridiculous $100,000 salaries for city council clerks, they would have money and not keep adding to my water bill. Oh, goodness. <laughs> you know, it's funny you mentioned that because uh, Channel 3 did a, a piece on the highest paid city workers and kind of what we did a month or right, so ago. Right. And But they got the figures from January. So they don't have the updated. They've got, they don't have Tom Dark on the list. Tom Dark's the number one <laughs> highest paid worker in the city and he's not on KTBS's list. They got Chief Wayne Smith, and he's gotten a pay raise since January, and they don't have his latest salary. They need to update there. Tell them. You work over there. Tell them they need to update that. I'll tell them you said it. Yeah. yeah. Tell them I said that. It's Aaron's <laughs> world. We're just living in it. Tom Dark's the highest paid city worker. 
not oh, Chief oh, Wayne Smith. I'll, Wayne's I'll close. Be, I'll be sure and do that. <laughs> By the way, speaking of city workers and uh, and city council and council staff, um, we all know if, if you're listening, you probably are familiar with uh, Shanerica Fleming's on after her dismissal from council. Uh, she was allowed ten minutes. Well, I don't know if she had, they set a time limit to absolutely lambast council members by name. Mm-hmm. And she called out Gary Brooks saying that he hit on her and, of course, uh, used inflammatory language in a social situation. Mm-hmm. And Gary Brooks has said that's not true and has yeah. hired an attorney, uh, Allison Jones, to uh, to defend himself against these inflammatory statements. And Allison is having a um, news conference of sorts on, I think, Thursday with Gary Brooks there, where she's going to answer questions. She's, though, said she's done a, I don't know if you have the text in front of you, a forensic analysis mm-hmm. of all of the uh, text messages between Brooks and Miss Fleming's. And that it was, I don't have it right in front of me, but it was Fleming's that asked about getting a steak at the Cub. That's what Jones alleges. And the Cub is owned by Gary Brooks. Right. And it wasn't Gary Brooks bringing up the the steak Here, issue. Here's, here's what her statement said. She says, and I'm quoting here, In fact, my consideration of the forensic information shows that prior to her employment as clerk, of the city council, Miss Flemings was the one who initiated a text dialogue with Councilman Brooks, mm. referencing steaks at a restaurant known as the Cub. Councilman Brooks responded with the hours and dates that the Cub was open. Whoa. Nothing in that dialogue or my review indicates that Councilman Brooks engaged in unwelcome or inappropriate conduct, conduct sexual or otherwise. And Miss Jones, the attorney, also says Fleming's own text and her complaint timing undermine her credibility and strongly suggest that she has made knowingly false statements in reckless disregard for the truth. She's urging Fleming's and any others that have made inflammatory comments about Brooks to preserve their digital footprints. So that when this case, when and or if this case does go to court, it will be accessible. Now, is she filing suit? Uh, is she just threatening to file suit? I don't know. But she's going to have Brooks with her on Thursday morning. She's going to meet with the media and lay it all out there. I don't know how many questions he'll answer or how many she'll answer for him. But uh, the saga continues. It, it uh, never boring. Yeah, it, we can say that. Boy, no kidding. It's like uh, it's like the the backhanded compliment. Well, for a fat woman, you don't sweat much. <laughs> yeah, it's never boring. Don't ever say that again, please. What? A, <laughs> wasn't talking to you. Yeah, okay. One hundred one seven FM. Back with more of Mike and McCarty on one hundred one seven FM and seven ten Keel. I 
got to be honest, I'm a little disappointed. We're not going to party hop tonight. I know. Well, you can go. You don't have to have me well, to go. Got, well, we've got stuff going Take on. Take your wifey poo with you and just go crash a bunch of parties. <laughs> hey, y'all. Let me get a burger. <laughs> Free food. If I have my keel shirt on when, and you and I are going, I don't feel so bad. Yeah, because I, I crash stuff all the time. It is a national night out tonight. There are dozens of parties all around town. Now, they're starting it with the big kickoff event at the police station. I think it's like 5 o'clock or yeah, something. It's, it's, it's early. pretty early. It is early. And the police chief, the fire chief, the a lot of officers will be there. I think they'll do a prayer. And then they kind of... Nope. Just, the mayor will probably be there. Then they kind of disperse and go out to parties all over the community. It is just a, a really nice time to get to know your neighbors. And if you're not having a party, maybe just sit out on your porch tonight and, you know, wave to your neighbors. Or make a point of knocking on a door next door and saying hi. If there's ever anything I can do for you, I'm here to help. Okay, it is fine. Look at me. It is 5 o'clock. 5 o'clock. The kickoff party mm-hmm. uh, is going to be at the uh, Shreveport Police Department front lawn, mm-hmm. 1234 Texas Avenue at 5 o'clock. Yep. So if you want to go to that, you're welcome to that. They're going to have, you know, a lot of events for the kids that are are uh, children of police officers and firefighters. So you're welcome to join them for that as well. It's a big night tonight. You'll have a lot of things going on. And they do block off a lot of the streets. So just keep yes. that in mind. Yeah, yeah be in mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, be aware of the fact that some streets may be may be blocked off and barricaded people and kids are are going to be playing in the street yep we had somebody bust a barricade and barrel down our street oh boy don't do that don't do that (laughs) (laughs) you're growling down there my gosh so aggravating you want to pay a higher fee for garbage in shreveport or water and sewer please okay we'll talk about whether or not that's happening coming up what Let's get back to the show with Mike and McCarty on 1017 FM and 710 Kiel. Shreveport Mayor Tom Arsenault proposing a couple of uh, rate hikes uh, in the new budget. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting because one is um, 20% increase in your water and sewer bill. And that would go into effect next year. Um, and the problem is that we have to pay off the water and sewer debts that have been piling up. And the the improvements but, we've had to make to the sewer system, which that price has gone up from $350 million to over a billion. Who was it that said our water system was like a third world water system? Uh, one of the members of the infrastructure committee, the, the capital improvements committee. And that's recently. Yes, that's very recent. And said we really need to address it and this is really not even addressing it this is just kind of keeping up with the debts that we've been incurring the other proposed increase is something that we really need to think more long term on this too by the way is an increase in the garbage fee of three dollars a month um that'll bring in about two and a half million dollars to keep us from dipping into the general fund to pay for garbage services And I want you to remember when I say this to you today, because this fight we haven't started yet. But I remember, and I'm sure Mayor Arsenault remembers, back in the the days when Arsenault was on the council, um, right in that era, in the 80s, we opened and built the Woolworth Road landfill. Mm -hmm. That was brand new. And it was a big fight because it was a big NIMBY thing. Not in my backyard. Mm -hmm. I don't want a landfill in my backyard. No way, no way, no way. And back then... 
it was projected to last 25 years. Well, it's now going on 40 years old. And part of the issue is we did the recycling because if you do recycling, you take you you extend the life of your landfill. But not if you're not which selling makes, the stuff. Which makes sense. If you're not selling the stuff and it's ultimately going to your landfill anyway. Right. Or, um, or another landfill. Or another landfill. Exactly. Um, so if you're recycling, yes, you do extend the life of your landfill. But I'm curious what the numbers are for our landfill. How much longer do we have? It was a 25 year. Now it's Now it's at 40 years. And how much longer can it go? Before we need to really look at and go, we need a new landfill. And nobody wants it in their backyard. I'm going to ask them questions about that because I'm curious. But remember, so the, our, the sanitation fee is it currently $7? I think it is 7 I may be wrong about that. I think in 2019, there was a $7 fee that appeared as a garbage fee. And it said the revenue generated... Uh, will be deposited into the Solid Waste Enterprise Fund. Now, there was an increase during the Perkins years. I'm not sure if that includes that or not. Um, but there there was an increase. Now, they they took off the recycling fee, which was 250 Right. Once the recycling program stopped, um, the company just, they, it wasn't feasible for them to do it at that rate. So we stopped doing it. Um, so this $3 essentially is going to, Add that back to you plus 50 cents, but you're not going to get recycling. To, for me, this means recycling for Shreveport is dead because there's no way a mayor would put a three a new $3 fee and then come back to us next year and go, oh, we've got a new recycling program now too. That's going to be another $3 fee. Um, he would do it all at once. I mean, it would be a political mess to try to do it separately. So I, I would be shocked if we saw recycling come back anytime soon. But he's going to put this before the council. They'll have to look at it and, you know, decide, is this something we want to we want to approve? Doesn't need a vote of the people or anything like that. The council can just vote mm -hmm. and increase our water bills and increase our um, garbage pickup fee. And then we move on down the road from there. But I know the water and sewer bills. And I asked the mayor this it was a couple months ago, you know, shortly after he got elected. Do you anticipate an increase in our water and sewer bills because of the consent decree work we had to do and everything else? And he said he he thought that was probably coming. And he, right. you know, he didn't hedge. And now he's back with us for 20 percent. It's a pretty good hike, though. That's a pretty good hike on your water bill. Um, but when, it, you, when but, your water is stinky and smelly. But you, and you're saying that's only to catch up on past arrears? That's not even to improve what we have? It, it's to pay off the debt. But what that what that does do is it keeps our bond rating high, where when we do have to borrow again, we get better rates, and so we don't have to. Pay, and so we could borrow again later, and get better rates to improve the system. So mm -hmm. it's kind of a catch twenty two, I think. Um, and this is just a small part of the mayor's budget. I haven't I haven't stuck my nose fully into it, but these are two of the things that stuck out. But I'll be putting my nose into it, you know, in the next couple of days and looking to see what he's proposing and and what are some things that folks need to know about. Because I'll, you know, I'll read the freaking budget. I know it's silly, but I'll read the <laughs> if budget. Anybody, if anybody will, you oh, will. Oh, God, I, yeah. I love it. Mm. But that's what makes Aaron McCarty, Aaron McCarty. Whatever. Absolutely. Whatever. <laughs> At 2 in the morning sending emails to our uh, commissioners. Oh, yeah. <laughs>
223. It wasn't that early. Now. Answer me. Now. Answer me. Now. 101.7 FM 7. Now more breaking news and trending talk with Mike and McCarthy on 1017 FM and 710 Kiel. One zero one seven FM, seven ten Keel, Mike and McCarty. Is it Friday? Is it Friday? It is Friday. I want you to explain something you put online yesterday oh, or this morning, because oh. uh, I'm I'm on the UFO fence, and I I don't know if I believe in them or not, but the evidence all looks like it's pretty true. I, I yeah, there's a story on keelnews.com. It's, it's I, and I heard somebody say that it is so crazy right now. The, you know, the world is nuts. The United States is just insane, bizarro world right now. It's so crazy that the federal government has all but admitted the existence of UFOs mm-hmm. and non-human biologics yes non-human Whoa. biologics and non-human and, biologics. And crafts and parts of crafts that were not manufactured on earth not that's, what, that's what they're saying yes. what's a non-human biologic uh, uh, alien life form yeah oh little well, green man well that's another thing they're not saying is alien well it, yeah it's which, what they're not is saying odd. is what's yeah. important but but hmm. they've all but admitted this aaron and nobody cares yeah <laughs> Think about the the UFO conspiracists for years. Yes. And now the federal government has gone, yeah, we got some stuff. There are there are yeah, there are people, some, yeah. Yeah, we've got some things. Are they are these little green men? Are these what are you calling them again? Uh non human <laughs> biologics. Yeah, non human biologics. Uh, here's a dumb question. <laughs> for the are they smarter than we are? Uh God, I hope so. They're spaceships. <laughs> they're, Absolutely. But think about it. Their spaceships look like they've got to be. Yeah. Their well, spaceships the do some crazy stuff. I mean, they can go from wherever they're coming from, which we don't even know, mm-hmm. and they make it here. And we they can't look, get yeah. there. And they look like Tic Tacs. You know, some of right. them that we have evidence they're of. They're not big propellers and they or can jet just go, engines. And they can just take off, and then they can turn on a dime. So they look like these human biological, whatever they're called. When it turns like that. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. They gotta be smart. Their technology is way more advanced. What's interesting to me also is now the federal government is not using the phrase UFO anymore. Oh. They're calling them UAPs. What's a UAP? An unidentified anomalous phenomenon. What? Yeah. An unidentified anomalous phenomenon. Anomalous. Okay. Anomalous phenomenon. <laughs> yeah. And they've been releasing videos. There's There have been some FBI whistleblowers mm-hmm. that are now testifying before Congress saying, yeah, we, we, we've, we've, we've got some things. There's a former military intelligence officer named David Grush. And I've got I've got video on uh, on the website keelnews.com if you want to go see what he has to mm-hmm. say. It's intriguing. It really is. It really is. And and you know, I'm being on the fence. I'm now believing that there's more out there. 
more out there. Well, I, I'm believing in the possibility of it. You bet. You know? Absolutely. Mike and McCarty, have a great Tuesday. 101.7 FM.